0: 2.8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songhe Zomabete on on SAFM. So Songhe Zomabete is here on SAFM and we continue the conversation. Now the Global Watch segment, the impact of the Tigray war on civilians and the United Nations intervention. We have had this conversation before, It's not a once-off conversation. Obviously, this thing evolves. These things evolve. And global stability, or rather instability, is probably as high as, in my memory, certainly has been. And I don't discount some of the things that have happened which have been atrocious in our world before. But certainly, the Horn of Africa continues to be an international peace and security impediment, as it were. The United Nations Secretary General, in fact, called for an end to hostilities in the Tigray region of northern Ethiopia on Monday, saying the situation is out of control, urging at the same time Eritrean troops to immediately withdraw due to the clashes. Humanitarian aid to Tigray has been halted for seven weeks, he went on to say, urging all parties to allow humanitarian convoys to pass through. And if you know anything about the region, you would know the massive drought that continues to just famish the environment altogether where people, frankly, are very vulnerable and ultimately hungry. The Ethiopian government in response reiterated its readiness for peace talks on Monday, but said military operations in Tigray would continue a day after the AU African Union called for an immediate end to hostilities. The war is an ongoing one in Ethiopia's region, Tigray region, that began two years ago, nearly 3 November 2020. The war is primarily being fought by the Ethiopian federal government and Eritrea on one side, and the Tigray People's Liberation Front on the other. Tembisa Fagud, Senior Research Fellow at the Africa-Asia Dialogues, now on the line to talk to us about what is going on. Tembisa, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SAFM. It's a pity I cannot hear my guest and, of course, you know the background to all of this. But the essence of this conversation, while I ad lib until my producer can confirm what it is that is going on, because I'm unable to hear my guest, unfortunately, is that the Horn of Africa continues to be beleaguered. And of course, we know that the, the, the president of Ethiopia, who's a well, a Nobel Peace Prize recipient, is now himself engulfed in a legacy as to his presidency that might not necessarily be consistent with his his, his term of office. And we, we have seen this before in history, haven't we? Um, and I'm going to say it frankly, President Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize. I think it was 2009, if I'm not mistaken, or 2010, thereabout. But we certainly know the United States' involvement in the destabilization of the Arab states. We know of the United States' participation in what is now the Libya of today and how her, together with NATO nations, just participated in an aggression unprecedented on the continent and completely unnecessary. Aung San Suu Kyi, Myanmar, Myanmar, Nobel Peace Prize recipient, celebrated the world over, and within the hour of her assuming leadership before she was ousted, we had the Rohingya Muslims being persecuted under her watch. And this question of the Tigrayan, the, the Tigrayan question essentially, is one of those things that now are a question to international peace and security in the leadership of the new government. I wonder if... Tembi the Senior Research Fellow at the Africa-Asia Dialogues, is now on the line and can hear me? The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhe on SAFM. Mr. Fakuda, I understand you are back. Good evening. Welcome to SAFM.
1: Good evening. It's all South African challenges of load shedding is on and off
0: Ah, oh so you're very much in the country but oh man this load shedding thing is going to be the end of me I promise you but I'm glad that you are on the line and I'm so sorry about the technical challenges of course we're going to have to blame ESCOM for that because they are squarely responsible conversation for another day give us the developments that are taking place in the Tigray region of Ethiopia the United Nations has spoken is there any move in line with what the UN has said
1: well i think there's a lot that's that that got lost since the, the war started um and uh, the ethiopian forces have made have made have made uh, serious inroads uh, over the past couple of days basically they're now knocking at the gates of makela which is the stronghold of tplf and tplf which is the the, the fighting um, force in, in, in Tigray finds itself now in a corner and they are now forced to negotiate. Uh, and the situation, of course, as that goes on, is getting dire and dire for the normal people of Tigray, particularly those in surrounding areas and rural areas of Tigray. Uh, yesterday, I saw a document, a, a report from the BBC, where people are actually dying of hunger because of this war. And uh, one hopes, of course, that uh, as uh, Ethiopia begins to um, to show signs of willingness to negotiate with with the TPLF, the plight that the people of Tigray are facing will will, will 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 reduce, and there will be peace once again in that part of the world. Uh, but if 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 you may give me a chance just to explain yes, how please, this whole thing start, how this thing all started, it started actually okay. with the deep state. It started with a deep state which was by and large um, consisted of the TPLF members. Because if you remember Ethiopia was ruled by a coalition before uh, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed formed his prosperity party. And all along for years the TPLF uh, dominated that coalition and it has as a result established a very strong deep state. So when Abiy Ahmed took over power in 2018 and promised to um, engage in some reforms uh, and take those who were accused and responsible of corruption, uh, the members of TPLF, most of whom were part of the military apparatus in, in, in Ethiopia, knowing that they were going to be held accountable by uh, Abiy Ahmed, decided to retreat to Mekele, which is in, in the Tigray region north of, north of Ethiopia. And there they started establishing themselves, uh basically preventing any form of uh, of persecution but uh, what 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 was the proximate cause of this conflict what happened in 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 2020 during covid when the uh, TPLF insisted on 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 having elections in in Tigray notwithstanding that the federal government of Abiy Ahmed uh, suggested that the elections or the regional elections be be postponed due to COVID-19, notwithstanding that TPLF went ahead, had elections and declared themselves themselves the winners of of those elections. Soon after that, they started targeting the members of the Ethiopian National Defense Force and they killed a few. And that was the trigger to the current uh, standoff that we find in uh, Tigray region of Ethiopia. I appreciate that background
0: because in terms of how it has been characterized, at times it has been made out, and perhaps even my research might have been limited in that regard, would have been about Prime Minister Ahmed being the one who has been singled out perhaps as the instigator. But I mean, this ultimately talks to the fact that he is leading a government or a political party that has been dominant, say, for the best part of the last 30 years, and the TPLF was hoping that on the other side of COVID, or when at least the environment would have been fertile enough to conduct campaigns for purposes of holding an election, that might have been their strategy. That probably is what has been the trigger point, despite everything else that you have said, which I don't dispute. What would your comment be to that? Was the environment ultimately conducive for the elections that ultimately allowed? Um, the Prime Minister to assume his position? And if not, then would the TPLF be in a position to claim legitimacy as to their position?
1: Look at this, look at it uh, from this uh, point of view. Uh, When Sarah Ramaphosa came in, he started, uh, he instituted the Zondo Commission with the intention of fighting state capture and then you have a group of individuals who felt that because they were accused of state capture they retreated to their own kind of uh, enclaves and started mobilizing against the government. This is exactly what happened in in Ethiopia. You have a group of individuals who are accused not only of violation of basic human rights but also jailing journalists and killing uh, those who uh, differed with them in terms of the political positioning. But at the same time, there was a widespread uh, corruption in Ethiopia. And when Abiy Ahmed came in, um, he said no to that, and he was going to go against those who were uh, guilty of, of, of these crimes. But the decision to hold elections does not lie within the original powers, nor provincial powers in Ethiopia. It lies with the federal government. So the federal government has powers and prerogatives to declare uh, the dates of elections and when the elections should take place, but it is uh, without doubt that the environment was not uh, opportune for any any uh, province of Ethiopia to hold elections during COVID-19. Not one, because it just just simply difficult. There were there were there were uh, KFUs all over the place. And uh, the restrictions of movements, particularly those who were going, to, who were willing to go and vote, um, were all over the place, particularly in uh, in, in Tigray, and particularly in in Makela, which is a capital city of Tigray. So, Abiy Ahmed was correct uh, to stop those elections because the the time was not right, nor the environment uh, suitable to hold free and fair elections
0: let's talk about the fact that one of his earlier positions and i think this is now me sort of running um a an, an narrative that might be consistent with international peace and security for the region as i made mention earlier of the fact that he was trying to warm relations between ethiopia and eritrea eritrea bordering ethiopia to the north the territory that is now controlled by the tigray people's liberation front would that have been ultimately the trigger Yeah, sure, now we're told about COVID and elections, but this is predated by the fact that Abe's position was to end the conflict at the border with Eritrea. Is this what threatened the TPLF?
1: Not necessarily, because if you remember, Abe Ahmed and... uh... Isaiah Afriki, signed that peace deal way before the conflict started. So there's been uh, good relationships uh, since Abiy Ahmed took over power in Ethiopia with Eritrea. But what Eritreans did, of course, was supporting uh, Abiy Ahmed because the war was spilling over to their territory. But they also had an a extra grind with the TPLF, if you remember TPLF being the... the, the the former deep state in Ethiopia, they were involved in a protracted uh, conflict with Eritrea before Abiy Ahmed came into power. So when Abiy Ahmed came into power, there was that alliance that ensued between him and uh, Isas uh, Thraki of, of Eritrea, but the the animosity between Eritrea and TPLF, who used to be uh, the, the dominant political uh, force within the coalition that led Ethiopia, continued. So when Abiy Ahmed called on the Eritreans to assist in terms of, because they are in, in proximity with, with, with Tigray, to assist in terms of fighting the, uh, the TPLF, they were uh, readily willing to do so, and that continued. But I'll argue that it wasn't the trigger uh, that led to this current standoff between the Ethiopian National Defense Force and the TPLF.
0: And here we are, October 2022, almost two years now, about two weeks, and we have an unprecedented humanitarian crisis in a region of the world and in a country, really, that can absolutely least afford it. Final question, where to from here for the region, for the legacy of the current Prime Minister of Ethiopia? What's happening? Sorry, on the other side of this. Just just answer me on the other side. I have to take a break now, but on the other side of this break, you can give your final comment to that question. The Viewpoint,
1: weekdays, 8 to
0: 10 p.m. on SAFM. Songhe Somapepe on SAFM. The question still stands to Mr. Tembi Safagwu, the Senior Research Fellow at Africa-Asia Dialogues. We're talking about the impact of the Tigray War on civilians and the recent interventions of the United Nations in calling for ceasing of hostilities, which is now out of control and called for an immediate withdrawal of the troops. The way forward, Tembiz.
1: Well, I think uh, Abiy Ahmed is is going to force ahead with the negotiations now that, of course, he is has been emboldened, having um, captured a number of cities in Tigray region. The only... A city that remains is Mekela, which is the headquarters of the TPLF. And the TPLF is now cornered and they are likely to uh, to negotiate. And I think uh, Abiy Ahmed is going to take advantage of this situation. Uh, they've already indicated that they're going to start negotiating. But unfortunately, TPLF is likely to go out of these negor- negotiations uh, much more weaker than they start, than when the war started in 2020
0: thank you so much for your time we do appreciate this account of course everything that i heard doesn't change the fact that i am less inspired by the fact that at a time where the globe was just bequeathed to some of the most horrible times ever covid 19 it would further be complicated by what many would refer as an unnecessary war certainly one created by humans that can be ended by humans but doesn't seemingly want to go that way for whatever the reason We'll have to draw on your thoughts some other time just to get an ongoing narrative of what's going on. Mr. Tembi Safago, the Senior Research Fellow at africa Asia Dialogues.